Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, I trust that your Christmas was blessed this year. Uh, Things may have been maybe different for you in celebrating Christmas, but when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, I believe it's always important in understanding that it brings hope and it brings to the world a sense of, of, of really understanding that God sent his son into this world because of love to bring redemption and healing uh, and to bring hope and help into our personal lives. And I believe that this year in particular, it's a renewing of that hope, a renewing of the promise that God gave us when he sent his son. Uh, on this last Sunday service of 2020, we want to take time to reflect and review. So this title of this message is 2020 Year in Review. And so I first want to talk about a rearview mirror. How many of you have those in your car? I hope you have one in your car. Uh, I once had a car that I was driving along, and all of a sudden the rearview mirror just fell off onto the dash. And I thought, what in the world happened? And I found out you could buy these little sticky things to put it back in place. But have you ever had your rearview mirror fall off? Yeah, there's a few of you. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not the only one. Okay. Um, I feel better already. Um, but understand this, that rearview mirrors are designed for reflection, not direction. Okay. And so looking back is for reflection reflection, okay? So that's what we're going to do this morning. Forward is for direction. When we look forward, we're looking for direction. When we look back, it's for reflection. Is that understood? Uh, That's why we have rearview mirrors in our cars. It's not for our focus, but it's something we glance at from time to time to see what's behind us. But looking in the rearview mirror could be disastrous if that is your primary focus because you most likely will get in the crash. And and so staring in the rearview mirror can actually result in an accident. So again, looking in the rearview mirror is for reflection, not direction. And so uh, I believe that if we continue to look back, we will miss out on what God has ahead of us. And because I believe an occasional glance in the rearview mirror is okay. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look back and reflect, but we also need to look forward to see what direction God has for us. I want to direct you to the scripture in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And we're going to share this verse and then we're going to pray. Philippians 3.13 states, My brothers... I do not yet think that I have got all the things of Christ. This is the worldwide English New Testament. I do not think that I have got all the things of Christ. In other words, none of us have arrived. None of us know it all. We're in this learning curve, this process of of being taught and trained in the things of God, in the knowledge of Christ. But it goes on to say, but there's one thing that I'm doing. I forget what is behind me. And I reach out to what is ahead of me. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the ministry of your word. 
I'm thankful for those that have gathered, for those that are tuning in online. And I pray, Father, that as we reflect, that you would give us direction for the future as we look ahead. And Father, I pray that you minister to everyone under the sound of my voice to build in them a strong confidence of your promise and your faithfulness towards us. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the ministry of your word that as it goes forth, it will build up those that are here to be strengthened in you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now, there are some things behind us we need to forget so that we can reach out to what is ahead. you believe that? And there's something, actually, uh, earlier this year, I was not able to minister, and I had Tim Kleiner fill in for me, and so he shared this quote I shared in my message then, and he got the credit for it, but that's okay. <laughs> because he basically preached my outline, okay? But he did a great job with it. I think he did it better than I could. Anyway, uh, this quote from, I guess it's from me. At least it's in my notes now. Unless, unless you let the past die, it will never let your future live. Don't keep nursing and rehearsing the pain of the past. And see, that's the danger when you focus too much on the past. You can be caught up in that hurt, that anguish, that heartache, that disappointment, that discouragement. And, and that can keep you from advancing in what God has for you now and what he has for you in the future. And so we will look in the rearview mirror to reflect on 2020, okay? But we're only reflecting. Now, American author and columnist Dave Berry said that 2020 was a year of nonstop awfulness. Nonstop awfulness. Hmm. Well, at least nobody got killed by murder hornets. Did you hear about that one? The threat of these murder hornets coming upon our continent and killing people? And they, they actually are in Asia, and they kill about 50 people a year, so they're dangerous. But I didn't hear anything in the news about that. I would love to respond to Dave Barry's statement in light of what the Bible says. How about that? If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, and, and we want to look at verse 37. And you, you can find your place there, but first I want to paraphrase uh, verse 35 for you in Romans chapter 8. Verse 35, paraphrased, is who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, shall distress, calamity, affliction, persecution, hunger, destitution, danger, or war? And we could add the COVID-19 pandemic, Lockdowns, stay-at-home orders, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Now, look at verse 37 with me, and let's see this. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In other words, no matter what you go through, what you experience, how horrific it may be, the Word declares you to be more than a conqueror. 
And that's significant because we understand to be more than a conqueror is an amazing thing. And, and let me just give you this little illustration. Um, I, I, I like to reflect, I mean, in my day, Muhammad Ali, he was the prize boxing champion of the world. And how many of you would say, yes, he was a conqueror? Because he had that title prize as the boxing champion of the entire world. He was a conqueror. He defeated all of his opponents, okay? And well, guess who is more than a conqueror? His wife. Because he brought that trophy home. He brought those earnings home. And she got to enjoy the benefit of it without having to fight. Okay? She's more than a conqueror. The word declares you and I to be more than conquerors because Jesus won the victory for us. Can you say amen? Okay? He won the victory. Now, 2020 did not go the way that most people planned. In fact, it took the majority of us by total surprise. We weren't expecting a pandemic. We weren't planning for that. But realize this, that nothing takes God by surprise. And that's a comfort and an encouragement that you, you need to know, I need to know, that no matter what happens in your life, God's not surprised. But yet he's made provision for it in the midst of it to get you through it, okay? And so in spite of any negative impact upon us, we are more than conquerors. We are victorious in this life. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 declares, Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is given. It's a gift. Receive that victory. You need to receive the victory that Jesus won for you, that Jesus fought for you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5, and, and we're going to look at a, a scripture passage there, several verses. And, and I believe this depicts the life of a believer. It depicts what people endure and go through. And we can see and gain insight from this passage. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 2, it says, Through him, and that's referring to Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. God's grace, again, is, is his enablement. It's his ability to do what we can't do in our own strength. God empowers us through his grace so we can deal with what is handed down and what we have to go through and stand against. So we can stand. Notice it says, we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, God's glory, realize, it's a Greek word, doxa, which means his weighty presence. It's when he shows up. It's when he reveals himself. It's when he makes himself known. So his glory can show up in your life today. His weighty presence can invade your life today, okay? Verse 3 goes on to say, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What? Well, let's stop right there. How can we rejoice in our sufferings? That doesn't make a bit of sense. How can we rejoice in when things are going wrong? 
Well, we can rejoice when things are going wrong because we know there's somebody that's going to set it right. We know that we're not facing it alone. We're not dealing with this without the help or intervention of God because he's there for us no matter what you have to face, no matter what you deal with or have to go through. Notice it goes on. I'm going to read verse 3 again. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. In other words, we get tougher. The endurance is the ability to endure. As, as a, a, somebody is training athletically, whether it's bodybuilding, whether it's running, endurance is built through the effort of continual training and working your muscles, working your body so that it can be built up. Okay? Verse 4, and endurance produces character. Oh, now some of us need that, don't we? <laughs> and character produces hope. So there's a transformation process taking place as you see this progressing through this passage. And hope, verse 5, does not put us to shame. Hope is something so important because it's a target. It's a directive for the future. It's an expectation that we need to plow through the situation you're presently going through. Again, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, God pours out his love in our lives, regardless of what we're going through, to give us the endurance, to give us the ability to stand, to navigate through it, and to overcome. See, the church of Jesus Christ is not to be a defeated church. It's to be an overcoming church. In the body of refuge, my prayer is that this church be an overcoming church, that we're not defeated with our head between our, what's that saying? How does it go? Tail between our, there, you got it, okay. I knew I was messing it up. I didn't want to. <laughs> All right. Pray for me, folks, okay. But this morning, in light of this message, I want you to consider three areas in your life this year. The first one is personal loss. The second is personal challenge. And the third is personal growth. And we're going we're gonna to talk about each of these. But let's, again, I'll share them again. If you're taking notes, personal loss personal challenge, and personal growth. Because I believe every one of us in this room have experienced all of these at some level. But I believe it's important for you and I to identify with what these things are pertaining to your life. And so many of us can relate to others that have had similar experiences. But maybe your experience doesn't look like someone else's. Maybe your loss is greater than someone else's. And so in all of this, we need to have a greater compassion and understanding for the body, for people around us, for people in our community, because God wants us to continue to be that light shining bright in the world of darkness. Okay? So personal loss. The question I ask is, what have you lost? Employment? Income? Loved ones? You know, for Deb and I, you know, we've lost loved ones this year. Her dad passed away in January. My mom passed away in April, went home to be with Jesus. 
And then just about a year ago, um, my sister-in-law, Dee, went home to be with the Lord. So we, just when we're getting through one, it's like, here's another. But dealing with loss without God in your life is very difficult. And dealing with loss with God in your life is very difficult. But I know that God has sustained us and brought us comfort through it all. And so maybe you lost a loved one this year. And, and my heart goes out to you. Our hearts go out to you. And, and we are here for you, to stand with you through that whole grieving process, because it's a process. But we know that our loved ones would not want us to stop right there. They want us to live our lives and go forward, remembering them, honoring them, but living for them. And with my parents, I just had a dream about my dad last night. And, and we were raised on a dairy farm. And so he worked hard. And in the stream, he was milking the cows. And two of my older, my two older brothers, they were both there. And, and they came, and we were all helping dad. And, you know, I think about the legacy that he left behind. And if I was so caught up in the grief of his passing... I would not be able to live out his legacy. And so, um, yeah, and so those of you that have lost loved ones, our hearts go out to you. See, we need to realize we are in a warfare. In every warfare, there will be casualties. But we can hold to the promise of victory and refuse to quit. Because there's one thing, and one thing, one of the last statements my mom made before she passed, she said, I'm not leaving you. I'm going before you. And I'm thinking, yeah, Mom, that's right. You're not leaving us. You're going before us. And so we'll get to see her again when our time comes. And so personal loss, Philippians 3.8. And I don't have a slide for this. I just thought about this verse before the service, but I added it to my notes. It says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I think about that passage, what we deem important and valuable. When we compare it to knowing Jesus, it's all loss. And, we, and, and the Apostle Paul considered it as loss in comparison to the amazing relationship he had with Jesus Christ to know him. To know him. There's nothing greater than knowing Jesus. I said there's nothing greater than knowing Jesus. And if you don't know him, today can be the day to be introduced to him. At the end of this message, I'll give you that opportunity to meet him. And he will reveal himself to you. So personal challenge. Let's look at the second component here. How have you been challenged? And when I think about this, I think about relationships. The challenge of relationships. Relationship with God and relationship with people. You know, for me, not being able to meet as a church for 14 weeks was difficult. And, you know, and for the leadership of refuge, it was difficult because of our concern for the well-being of this congregation. Concerned about those that were isolated, those that weren't connecting, those that weren't relating with others. Because in isolation, some horrible things can happen. Because people's minds begin to work in a way, and if they don't have other people to encourage them, 
to speak into their lives, they can begin to cave into depression and other things and, and give into addictions and fleshly tendencies, and they can lose ground that they gained in their walk with God. So that was a major concern for us. So the personal challenge, trying to navigate, you know, we operate a child care center, we operate a Christian school. So moving our school online with Zoom classes and all that and, and, and making, taking effort with our child care to place stricter restrictions on how we operate and manage the facility. I mean, there were so many things that happened. In the midst of that, the water main broke. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, why now at this time? But, you know, there's nothing too difficult for the God that we serve. And we can turn to him at any moment, any time, regardless of the crisis, regardless of the pain or whatever you're going through, and God will meet you at your point of need. And so, and, you know, some churches are still aren't meeting, and that's hard to comprehend. As a pastor, that would be so difficult. Some groups or small groups actually became so essential to maintain the health and the welfare of this body. You know, switching to online services was a challenge for me because I don't like speaking into a camera. I'd rather have faces before me. I mean, to me, it's a, it's a whole lot better. And keep smiling at me. That helps me preach better. Okay. <laughs> and so if you're mad at me, you, you pray about it, okay? I can remember, this is a rabbit trail, by the way. I remember one time, I think they were sitting in the second row, and, and, and the man had the most horrific look on his face. I thought he hated everything I was saying. I thought he was disagreeing. He was just... And I'm thinking, oh, I couldn't even look at him. I had to look, hey, this guy's smiling. I look over there. At the end of that service, guy comes to the door. Pastor, that was a wonderful message. I enjoyed it very much. I said, oh, really? <laughs> well, that's not what your face was telling me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, some of you probably know who that is, but he was a wonderful man of God. Yeah, still is. Okay. <laughs> All right, we could, so there may be personal challenges that you had. You know, some of you adjusting to homeschooling your children. Mm. Some of you adjusting to working from home. Some of you adjusting to not working at all. I mean, there were challenges all along the way. But it's amazing how people responded to those challenges in such a creative way. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Then the third area, and, and again, think about these things in your own life your personal loss, the personal challenges, and thirdly, your personal growth. What have you gained? What have you learned? Personal growth for me really has been to turn to God when I felt so helpless. As a pastor, I'm being honest with you, I felt helpless in the midst of this pandemic and the shutdown and stay-at-home orders. And then you, what can I do? And something in me was wanting to totally rebel. No, we're going to, you know. But it's like, okay, no, I got to be nice. 
You know, pastors are supposed to be nice, right? Well, not all the time. Sometimes we, we need to be maybe mean in a godly sense, okay? You know, Jesus, he went to the temple. He chased out all the money changers. He, he was not nice that day, at least to those money changers, okay? Uh, I better move on. I'm off this rabbit trail. Let's get back on track, okay? But I want to speak to your heart today. How do we balance these three areas? Whether it is your personal loss, your personal challenges, or your personal growth that occurred in 2020. Now, the pandemic brought lockdowns, shutdowns, limited freedom, face masks, hand sanitizer, false narratives, a lot of false narratives, and uncertainty of the future. But it also brought to us creativity, ingenuity, breakthrough, and a shift in our priorities. What is of value and importance has shifted. Home life has changed. You know, from working at home, homeschooling, home births, and lots more family time, okay? <laughs> and maybe some of that family time, maybe there's a little more tension, maybe there's a little more chaoticness. But yet, through all that, we had to make adjustments in our life. Am I, am I speaking the truth here? I mean, how many of you can relate to some of these things? And so many times, these things were unspoken. And maybe you're thinking, I'm the only one dealing with this. No, we're all in this together, folks. We're all in this together. Romans 8.28, and this is a wonderful promise. And, you know, I've been focusing on the Scripture a lot more this year than uh, in times past. Romans 8.28, turn there with me if you would. It says, and we know that for those who love God, how many of you love God? I mean, maybe your love is growing, but do you have a sincere love and passion for Him? This is the promise for you. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So you need to understand that not only have you been called, but you've been called according to his purpose. That means he has a plan for you. And so that whatever happens because of your love for God, that's reciprocated in him working all things together for your good. In fact, uh, that, it doesn't mean he ordains the junk and the bad things from happening, but he can take the junk and bad things and work that together, and the outcome is good. You can take all the ingredients for baking a cake, and separately, some of them are pretty nasty. Baking soda? Raw eggs. Some of you like raw eggs, though. Um, that, you know, oil. We used to use lard. How many of you know what lard is? It comes in these cans, and you scoop it out with a spatula. You throw it in the, the mixer. Um, lard by itself, mm, not good. Um, if you're making a chocolate cake, you can take the cocoa. Did I say that right, honey? It's pretty bitter. It's pretty nasty. But guess what? You mix all that stuff together in a good mixer. 
You put it in the pan, throw it in the oven, bake it at 350 degrees for what, 40 minutes, 35? Don't want to, you know, I use the toothpick method, you know. If the toothpick came out clean, it's good to go. But that cake, once you put a little frosting on it, you eat it, all of those nasty ingredients mixed together turned out pretty good, right? And that's what God's doing in our life. He takes all these things that don't taste so good, things that are going wrong, and he works it together for our good, for our well-being. That's the God that we serve. Now, although we've witnessed national unrest, a show of discontent, confusion, hatred, injustice, rioting, and evil, we've also seen an outpouring of love and kindness. We've seen compassion. We've seen great courage and generosity. I think of the frontline people, our medical professionals, and those that are working together with compassion and concern for the sick and the afflicted. We have witnessed the spiritual darkness colliding with the light. We have witnessed the kingdom of darkness colliding with the kingdom of God. See, this thing, people, is not just natural, it's spiritual. There's a spiritual war going on. And so we need to be engaged in the place of prayer and asking God for mercy for our nation and coming before him in humility, confessing our sins and repenting and allowing God to do a work in us because he does want to change you. He doesn't want, to, want you to be left the same in the same condition you are. But he's working in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. He is. I am convinced that we will see truth and righteousness prevail in this land. Get ready for revival. Get ready for a great move of God that will sweep the earth. Just as this pandemic has swept the earth, I believe a revival is going to sweep this earth. Amen? And I will be a part of it. How about you? God wants you to be part of the move of God that's coming to this planet. Amen? Now is not the time to be absent. Now is not the time to be on the sidelines. Now is the time to engage and become part of what God wants you to do. You know, and Deb and I, we were talking about this recently, how God's moved upon so many of you where you've come to us and said, I want to be involved. I want to be engaged. I don't want to just sit in the chair. I want to serve. You know how much that blesses pastors? That's amazing. We love it. And so keep, you know, I mean, but I believe that's God moving on people. They don't want to be complacent. They don't want to just come to church as a short social thing. They want to come because they want to serve. They want to engage. They want to make a difference. They want God to tap into their talents, their gifts, and their abilities to use them to build up the body of Christ. See, not all news is bad news. Exodus 23.1 says, you shall not spread a false report. There's a lot of false reports out there. Stop spreading them because there's a good report that we can proclaim. There's good news to tell. The gospel is good news. It speaks of what God did for mankind to save and deliver them from sin and from eternal hell. 
I have some good news for you today. What the enemy has meant for evil, God will use for good. Amen. Genesis 50 verse 20, this was the story of Joseph. And that's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. When you see a favored son, Jacob was his father and he had 12 sons, but Jacob uh, favored Joseph. He bought him this nice jacket, you know, treating him well. The other brothers got jealous. They got mad at him. They had an opportunity to get rid of him. So they sold him into slavery. So he went from being a favored son to a slave. He went from being a slave to being falsely accused, ended up in prison. And he went from prison to the throne. And at the end of his, when this all story came together, and, and, and you know the story, his, his brothers came to get some grain because they, well, there was a great famine. And uh, they meet up with Joseph, and Joseph finally reveals himself and, and says, okay, I'm going to provide for you and your families. Uh, they moved to Egypt. Um, and so this is in Genesis 50, the closing chapter of the book of Genesis, verse 20. And this was Joseph's statement to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Because Joseph kept his heart right in all of his affliction, God was able to take all that negativity, all that junk that was happening to him, and turn it around for good. That brought about salvation and help to many lives. This year may have been difficult in the natural but I believe it's a precious year for spiritual growth in people's lives when they've turned to him. And that's the key, when they've turned to him. Because in time of need, we need to turn to God. As a church body, we have grown in many ways in spite of the struggles that we have faced. When we opened up the church service after 14 uh, weeks of online services, we had six new families visit for the first time that had connected with us online. I'm thinking, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? Uh, so God was doing things in the airwaves. You know, I think, and Deb and I were talking about this before the service. What if this pandemic would have happened before internet? What if it would have happened, you know, even, uh, you know, I don't know how many years ago you said, but, you know, the timing of this was like, okay, this is... if. It was going to happen. This is the best time for it, right? You know, uh, because we were able to still keep living, still keep working, still keep serving, maybe in a little different way. And we're still alive here and well, and we're coming to the end of this year. We're going to say goodbye to 2020 in a little bit and uh, welcoming 2021. <laughs> Some of you say, good riddance. Okay, but all right. We continue to witness people making decisions for Jesus Christ every week, committing to Jesus their lives in our services when we've given altar calls or invitations. In spite of isolation, people are continuing to go on their walk with God. But we have to come to understand the significance of Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I believe that scripture has greater meaning and significance now in my life than before. Because we take it for granted, we took it for granted, but now 
The scripture clearly states, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So we must meet. And if Jesus the healer, you know, should we be in fear? Now, if you're sick, not feeling well, please stay home, you know, and, and honor the rest of us. But if you're feeling healthy, you're well, then don't stay home. You know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because there's something so significant that happens when we gather together in a place like this. Amen? Okay. I, I could say so much more than that. Uh, through our live streaming, we have now reached, uh, are reaching a global audience. I mean, we have people that even in Africa can tune in and listen. And we can impact them. So we have no idea how many people we're actually reaching. We continue to minister to children through Caneland Christian Early Learning, which is our child care center. We serve families in our community by meeting their child care needs. And uh, a big shout out to our staff. We have the best staff. They're courageous. I mean, they love God. They love these children. They love these families that they serve. And also Stevens Point Christian Academy, a K-12 school. We have an incredible staff there as well, and we're serving families helping to provide a biblical worldview in their education, training with excellence. I, I'm, I'm thankful for this ministry that we've continued to serve and carry out the vision God's given us because the child care center, the Christian school, are part of the vision of refuge. As we reach out to this community, as we serve this community, we have not missed a beat. In fact, we have a waiting list for the school right now you know, because our school is open, you know, and, and, and so, um, amen. Many other things I could share. We continue to support missions, outreaches in the continent of Africa through Good News Africa, a ministry that we've established there. We have a Bible college that's actually in seven different regions of that country. So we're training up ministers of the gospel. We have a school in Italy. We have churches with our network of churches in South Africa, in Great Britain. All of these churches are continuing to serve the purpose of God. In the nation of, of, of Ghana, we have around 300 churches there that are part of the network that are connected with us. And so the global outreach is still continuing in spite of COVID. Amen. So God is good. So pray for those outreaches so that we can continue to serve the purpose of God as he's called us to. So despite the problems of the world around us, and, and you can quote me on this one. I should have had them put this on the slide. Despite the problems of the world around us, we have come to recognize the strength of God within us and his incredible faithfulness towards us. Okay, I'll, I'll share that one more time. Despite the problems of the world around us, we have come to recognize the strength of God within us and his incredible faithfulness towards us. How does the church respond to crisis? They respond in faith and not in fear. And I trust this year has been a year that God has become more personal to you, more real to you. Jesus is alive and well, and his promises do not fail. The beginning of this year, and actually at the end of last year, the Lord gave us a theme for 2020. 
Generations 2020. In 2020, when you think of it, it talks about vision, 2020 vision, having vision for the future. But our vision was focused on generations. In Psalms 119 verse 90 was a scripture I started the year with. And I shared this with all of you. Psalms 119.90 says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. And the Lord had spoken to us that in 2020, we would discover God's faithfulness at a whole nother level. A whole new level. And, and when God gave that to us, I had no idea. But I believe we have. And we've communicated that message throughout this year. God's faithfulness extends to every generation, including this one. It extends to you whether you're an infant, child, teen, young adult, adult, or senior citizen. One aspect of our focus this year has been to know our limitless God, to get acquainted with a God who has unlimited power, unlimited ability. We serve a limitless God. Nothing is impossible for God, and all things are possible with God. Amen? And so this aspect of our focus was to know our limitless God and to discover his faithfulness. Because his faithfulness extends. That means it's far-reaching to every generation. God is faithful to every generation. Psalms 119 verse 90 in the New Living Translation reads, Your faithfulness extends to every generation, enduring as the earth you created. Generations, I believe, stand in awe of him. What will you give to the next generation that follows us? Well, I believe you'll give them a testimony of what happened in 2020. But Psalms 145, and I, I want to uh, close with, with this particular passage. Psalms 145, verses 3 through 5, it says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Wow. We need to let the next generation. We need to tell our children of God's mighty acts. Hopefully experiencing God's faithfulness to you has cultivated a greater faithfulness in you towards him when you've discovered that he's faithful. Now the world may label 2020 the year of the pandemic, but the church should label it as the year of the faith-demic. Right? Because the pandemic resulted in empty churches, empty stadiums, empty theaters, empty office buildings, empty restaurants, empty salons. Essential and non-essential was always the debate. What's essential is something we need to determine for ourselves, right? And not let others dictate. It should never be defined by others. We've never faced or gone this way before. Our response as believers must always be a faith response, not one based in fear. Not only have we had the opportunity to exercise our faith, but we've had the opportunity to grow in faith to be stronger than ever before. I feel stronger now than January 1st of this year. Maybe ask yourself that question, do, am I stronger now in my faith 
in my walk with God than I was on January 1st of this year. This year marks the loss of life and the beginning of life, the passing of one generation and the birthing of the next. We are going to see a new year, and with the new year comes opportunity, okay? Opportunity to advance rather than to retreat. Opportunity to grow rather than to remain stagnant. Opportunity to stand for freedom rather than to stay in bondage. So at this time, I'd like the worship team to come up here. And as we conclude this service, um, we want to encourage you. Uh, I said as that was my last verse of Scripture. I guess I lied. I have one more. 1 Corinthians 1.9 in the New Testament, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I, I think about this passage because it makes a statement. God is faithful, and that's a true statement. But this statement is followed by an invitation, the call to call us into fellowship with him. God is faithful, and his faithfulness extends in such a way that he wants you to fellowship with him. He wants you to know him. So we see this as an invitation. And that's something I want to extend to you this morning, an invitation to come into fellowship with him. Now, if you're already a believer, let that challenge you to grow in your fellowship with him. But if you've never made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ, if you've never received him as the Lord of your life, accept the invitation to come into fellowship with him. You need to accept it. I can't accept it for you. You need to do that on your own from a heart that's willing to embrace Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. Concerning personal loss, what you consider loss, what you consider as loss, God wants you to shift your focus to what you can gain. You can gain, I believe, understanding, courage, character, and a deeper relationship with if you would stand together with me and if you're here this morning and you say pastor I know that my life is not right with God and I feel my heart being tugged right now and that tug I believe is, is the Lord wanting you to accept the invitation to come into fellowship with him if you're here today and you say pastor would you pray for me I know that my life is not right with God, but I'm willing to commit my life to Him, to open my heart to Him, to receive Him as my Lord, my Savior, to acknowledge Him as the one who can forgive me of my sins. If that's you, lift your hand this morning. You say, I want to receive the Lord. I want to be right with God. I want to be in right standing and relationship with Him. Thank you. Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Whether you lifted your hand or not, we're going to pray this prayer together. And I call this a believer's prayer. And simply repeat these words, but embrace them from your own heart. Um, allow them to be meaningful from your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I believe you sent Jesus 
to die for my sins. And I believe you raised him from the dead to give me life. Lord Jesus, I accept the call to be in fellowship with you, to be in relationship with you. I receive you now. Come into my life and be my Lord. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Now talk to him in your own words. Say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me. Lord, reveal yourself to me. I commit my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. In this moment, God is moving by his spirit. He's touching hearts. He's changing lives. He's causing understanding to come, confidence to come, strength to come. Receive forgiveness. Receive his love. Receive the help that he so longs to bring to you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this message this morning. Lord, that you would continue to minister to this body, to those that have tuned in online, that your word, Father God, would not return void, but it would accomplish what you've intended for it to do in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give the Lord a praise offering? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to conclude with another song. And um, the prayer team will be up here then to pray for anyone that has need. If you had need or if you've made a commitment of your life to Jesus this morning, please come. We're here to minister to you, pray with you, stand for you. And uh, just a, a mention to you about the year-end gift. I believe we have kingdom builders here. The pledge cards are there. Uh, and, and it's a it's a faith pledge. If if you believe in God, maybe you don't know that you can do something weekly, but maybe there's something God gives you. Just write that down as a total. And throughout this year, believe God that He'll be able to help you meet that need. Because as we look into this new year, we're stepping into it with confidence, with strength to serve the purpose of God that He's called us to. Thank you for being part of Refuge. Thank you for listening and being so attentive today, God. Let's worship Him. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.